Hey friends, and welcome back to another episode of The Perfect Podcast. I'm your host, Lauren, and I have no idea what I'm doing, but nobody really does. So let's talk about it. Each week, I'll be sharing a candid conversation with a super cool human who has a perfect story to share. Here's what happens when people stop using filters and start getting real. Let's do it. Hey there, and welcome back to The Perfect Podcast. I'm your host, Lauren, and I am so grateful to have you back joining me here. Um, This is the first episode of the podcast with my very first guest, and full disclosure, neither of us have done this before, so... But personally, if you know, without bias, I think it went really, really well. I think you're gonna really enjoy it. <clears throat> um, yeah, this is Landis. Landis is a very, very close friend of mine, as you'll hear in the episode. And um, she's started her own business doing um, therapy for brides and people who are getting married, and has opened her own practice. And it's called I'll Talk, A-I-S-L-E Talk. It is brilliant and amazing. And I'm so excited for her to get to share it with you guys. But more importantly, I'm so excited for you to hear all the stories that circle around it and everything that happened before and everything that's happening behind the scenes that um, people who are consuming her content or finding out about her maybe don't know about. Um, because that is the guts of this podcast, and I'm so excited to get it started. Um, I really think you're going to love her. I love her. Everyone loves her. (laughs) Um, And it's a great lesson. You'll get to hear about all the zigging and zagging that life takes us on before we end up in certain places. And um, it's, it's a wonderful reminder that you're not stuck and there's plenty to get done and plenty of ideas that you haven't even thought of yet that you'll be able to execute. And yeah, there's time and space for everyone to do everything. So I really hope you enjoy it. Thank you again for being here. And before we get started, if I can just, you know, ask <laughs> for everybody to help support this and make it happen. Um, You're all my village and I am leaning on you to help turn this into something bigger than myself. So I can ask you to subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. Um, Even if you don't think you listen to podcasts that often, just hitting the subscribe button would help enormously. Um, And if you can then, if you do like what you hear and you are enjoying the content, please leave reviews. I would encourage you to do that to any any service and any content that you're enjoying and getting value out of. Reviews help tremendously, whether it's a Yelp review at a restaurant or it's like a review for somebody who provided a service for you or content that you're enjoying and consuming and getting value out of. Tell the world, share it, and it it really helps. So if you can leave a review with however many stars you feel is appropriate and some kind words that would really be helpful and just help spread the word um shout it out on social media our hashtag is life is perfect p-e-r-f-c-k-e-d and um we have an instagram account at perfect podcast and just help help me do this thing because you're a part of it too Thank you again. I hope you enjoy this episode with Landis Block Behar from Isle Talk. Thanks. Bye. So it's recording now, which is good. Okay. Great. You got all that. 
we're live. <laughs> How are you? Hi. Okay. Good. It's Monday morning. I don't um, have a ton on my plate today. It's great. Good. I'm excited to hear that. Thank you so much for doing this. I feel so grateful that I have somebody who's willing to like guinea pig this thing with me. I'll guinea pig anything. <laughs> okay. Um, so I guess we'll just jump into it. I have like a list of like questions that I drafted up and we'll see if we can like follow some sort of conversational path and make it make sense. I'm a, I'm I'm ready. Your game. Okay. So my first I thought the first question well the first thing we should probably discuss to give context is how we know each other, but since I'm interviewing you, I feel like I have to ask you, how do you know me? <laughs> so um, how do you know me? <laughs> I know Lauren from uh Miami Hillian Senior High School. We met in ninth ninth grade uh world history was that no American history Miss Farkas yeah I didn't think I met you in that class that wasn't how I remembered it you are more popular than me that's Um, that's so not true are you kidding me oh my god we have such different memories (laughs) of our experiences in ninth grade you had a lot more friends context is that I came from Southwood Middle School and didn't know one person and you came from our vitamin school every single person oh my gosh that's why you might not remember me in ninth grade (laughs) (laughs) oh my god my memory of you is like the queen of school like the Miss Popular I had a real quick rise (laughs) it escalated quickly but I really didn't know a single person when I came there oh my god that's so perfect (laughs) So Miss Park, because I remember you from Miss from tenth grade humanities from when we were like really close. Yes, and then we really I feel like like cemented our yeah. friendship in tenth grade humanities okay. with Mr. Hunt, yes. who's also my personal family friend. Yes, and we're still <laughs> close with him. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's where we know each other from, and then the rest is obviously and history. The rest is history. I we guess. we have moved through social clubs such as Tap K. Um, <laughs> and college and and beyond <laughs> lots of really established accomplished clubs and organizations yeah <laughs> buddhism club also oh, oh yes our meditation i mean club. meditation club yes <laughs> yes <sighs> so much so much history i and forget that, in... that you're like such a part of all of those things in my life like you were there for all of it yeah like <laughs> we're, you were like that's why we're so close we have a lot of history we just lived together basically together that's so nice that's so nice that we have that it's okay he's allowed to join in (laughs) he just wants to be part of it all i see you we discussed this (laughs) for listeners that's the famed instagram dog bex in the city (laughs) at bex in the city follow him like (laughs) it's okay I, mute I, no, I think I can like, cool. well, I could A, edit it out or B, like not. And it doesn't Or really just matter. open up a conversation about parenthood. Yeah. Am I right? <laughs> I mean, it's, that's like it's the, messy. Video, the video of the, um, I think it was like a politician or something in Britain and he was doing like a Skype yes. and then his yes. kid walked in and the wife had to like pull her out. That's all this is. <laughs> Basically, it is. Absolutely. Okay. 
Well, we thank you for being here, Bexley. Um, so, <laughs> Might be back. So that's how we know each other. We're very close friends for now, I guess, 15 years. I don't do yeah, well in my head. 2004. Yeah. Um, I did want to bring up the little nugget of when we when I like wrote about you in my book and that person like wrote that thing to me which I thought was very indicative of who you are as a person and who you are to me and who you are to probably everybody who you're Mm. in touch with is I so the story Mm. is I wrote a book a few years ago and it was about relationships and my experiences and different relationships and breakups and all the stuff that came along with that and I mentioned Landis in my book because she was there for all of my breakups and she helped me through them. And she was this like pillar of strength and, and all these experiences. And somebody wrote, read the book and wrote to me and said that they like related to it. And they really, you know, enjoyed all the the stories and that the same things happened to them, but they just didn't have a Landis back then when those things happened to them. And it like touched my heart so much. So I was like, I don't really, like, I forget how lucky I am that I have a Landis and that other people don't have a Landis. So this is my Ugh. Landis. Oh, and she's fantastic. Story. <laughs> and it's just my favorite story. It's such a, it's so indicative of who you are. Cause I have a, everyone you. who has a Landis in their life is very, very lucky. Thank um, you. That so makes, makes yeah. me all warm inside. <laughs> me too. Um, and I'm very warm cause I'm in a closet. So <laughs> <laughs> I was very close to doing this without a shirt. And then I was like, well, I, I need to be a little more professional. I mean, <laughs> The, the podcast is, it's early, so, yeah. you know, we've got time. That's true. Um, <laughs> so the next thing I guess I wanted to move on to is, like, who you are now and, like, what you're doing and, like, why we should be paying attention to you. I know why I'm paying attention to you, but <laughs> <laughs> if you want to share, give a little call out to your stuff before we move on. Sure. Um, so uh, currently, I live in New York. And, um, I, um, I, I came here six years ago to start grad school. Um, I'm a licensed mental health counselor now. So fast forward through school and, um, licensure requirements and training and all the things. Um, and so now I'm a licensed mental health counselor and, um, last year, about a year and a half ago, I started a company called Isle Talk, which is A-I-S-L-E, Isle. Um, and it is, um, for offering therapy and counseling and coaching, um, for people who are engaged and about to be married and are stressed out by the process or, um, you know, just a lot of anxiety and things related to that big life transition, um, or just in need of some kind of generic prenatal premarital counseling. Um, so it's called I'll talk consultation and therapy and that's my little business baby. And she started about a year and a half ago. And that's how I kind of combined all my passions and loves for helping people on my training as a psychotherapist, um, to kind of meet a need that I felt like wasn't really being met. Um, the sense that we're always talking about wedding stress. Um, but, uh, we're not really, um, offering ways to help. So Mm -hmm. that's, enter Landis and I'll talk and that's kind of like what I do here as perfect little elevator <laughs> speech and it sounds so like neat and packaged with a little bow on it uh-huh. and I think that's so important that's like the reason I brought you here because people hear that and they're like well that's that's how did she like do that that's impossible how did she just have this little thing with a little bow on it and it's done but like <laughs> obviously so much had to be done to get there and sure. so that's what I think is important to focus on. So now that we know 
what you're doing now, I think an, an interesting question is like, where did you think you were going to be? So we talked about how you like went to school and what you went to school for and you got your licensure and, you know, five years ago or whatever it was, where did you think you would be now that you aren't? Yeah. Um, that so many places. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it depends on how far we rewind the clock, but I guess if we just rewind to like when I started being serious about like making life choices and career choices, um, and, in undergrad, I went to school and I thought I wanted to be a child life specialist, um, which is somebody who works with um, children who are either sick, ho- hospitalized acutely or chronically um, and provides socio-emotional support for them during that time. It turns out that you have to learn a lot about um, science and medical things. And that is not really my forte okay. um, to be in that. And it's also very competitive, which I think is like it was a a competitive track in my undergrad. And I think that I mentioned that just because like, I think that's been like a theme for me in terms of like my path and and things like that. Like things that were competitive were things that I like actively avoided. Mm -hmm. Um, And it turns out that you can't do that forever. (laughs) But I think that a lot of those, that, that feeling sort of snuck up and like led me in different directions, which is okay, but it's, a thing. Um, and then, um, and then I kind of found my way into psychology and I had a lot of professors who were therapists and I kind of just like kept coming back to that, even though people told me it would be hard and it would take a lot out of you. And it's like personally draining. I just did all these internships and stuff. And I was like, no, 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 I love, this is like the work that I'm made for. Um, and when I was applying to grad school, I really wanted to be a college counselor because I had had a really good experience, um, at a college counseling center. I knew a couple of, um, therapists who worked in college counseling centers and I thought that that's what I wanted to do. Turns out that's competitive too. (laughs) And I couldn't get an internship in a college counseling center when I was, when I was in grad school. Um, and, um, so I had to kind of revamp and I was in, I was working in like an outpatient community mental health clinic. So Mm -hmm. I saw just about everything that there is to see mental health related, Mm -hmm. um, mostly for people who are living below the poverty line and kind of dealing with a lot of other environmental stressors. Mm -hmm. And, um, there is when I liked a lot of the work, but a lot of the work was really, 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 really hard and really, really draining and taxing. And I did that maybe for a little bit too long, um, because I started to really feel, burnt out and Mm -hmm. questioning whether I wanted to be a therapist anymore. Um, And it was kind of a really hard time. And then in my personal life, I was getting married. Mm. Um, So that I was kind of going through, moving through that process. And even though that process was like actually like really quite enjoyable, I like thought it was fun and I was using different parts of my brain and getting to be creative and like things that I was like playing, you know, Mm -hmm. in many ways. And I have a great supportive family and pretty great in-laws. It was still stressful. Mm -hmm. Like I was like, wow, if this is like nice for me and I have a supportive family and I like, you know, have all of these things, um, and it's still stressful, like how must it be for other people who don't have that? So I started to really like think about those dynamics in that, in that kind of way. Um, and that sort of just like planted a seed. Um, and then it wasn't until like a year and a half later that I started to say, like, look at this from like a perspective of like, oh, I could help with this and I could like Uh start something here. But it wasn't until like many different zigs and zags of like Mm -hmm. what I thought I wanted to do. 
um, and feeling really, really burnt out and questioning whether I should be in this profession anymore. Yeah. And then, um, and then find somehow kind of in the back way, the back end, and we can like, mm-hmm. talk about that story if it's relevant. Um, find being like, wait, there is something here that gives me light and reminds me of like what I like to do and why I feel like I'm helpful and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's like the summary of the zigging and zagging. I think that's perfect. <laughs> I think that's everything I needed to do. That's the perfect explanation, the zigging and, zag- zigging and zagging. That's yes. like the exact image of what it is. And like, you don't really know what the next zig or zag is going mm-hmm. to be. You kind of just have to like trust and follow it. And that makes yeah. sense. Which is kind of interesting just because at one point, like I always felt like ultimately I wanted to have a private practice but in that right. dark time where I felt like I didn't know if I should be a therapist anymore I didn't even want to do that and mm-hmm. a lot of people were like just start your private practice just start your private practice and I was like I, I can't I can't I was just feeling really paralyzed yeah. and then I had this idea for I'll talk and in doing that I actually opened up sort of like because people saw that I was like practicing and practicing privately and things like that so people would reach out and say I'm not getting married but like I'm going through this could you help me and so Mm. there is like a general part of my practice where I am working with people who aren't necessarily getting married and so that's the private practice that I was thinking I wanted and then thought I didn't and then kind of came at it through the back way and and I and I love it so much and it makes me so happy and I I really enjoy that work um and so again like it kind of came around the back door and it wasn't linear and yeah. yeah, like you got that's what you wanted in the first place and then mm-hmm. you couldn't figure out how to make it happen so you like followed some different path and you ended up with the thing that you were meant to be doing in the first place. So if you're meant to be doing it, you're going to it's going to find it. you. Yeah, as it's long as you find keep you trusting whichever direction you're going in, the next logical step. That's important. I like that. Yeah. Um, and then, so we went over a couple of these things, I guess already, I'm just looking through the questions, but like where you were before you got here, we went over like all of that, um, mm-hmm. and how like taxing that other, um, the community, uh, was, what was, it wasn't a community center. It was like community uh, yeah, outreach. I mean, it was, um, a, what's called a community based men- outpatient mental health clinic. Mm-hmm. So be basically, um, folks who qualify for Medicaid. So you're, earning like mm-hmm. a specific income level, mm-hmm. a lower income level. Right. And so therefore you can actually get um, mental health services for free um, using that, using your Medicaid. Um, and so, but that just means that people are going through mental health related issues that are, are a lot triggered by env- environmental stressors that mm-hmm. it's really hard to kind of work through, but that's yeah. not everybody. It's just like kind of generally speaking and, because it's through, you know, it's through a nonprofit and things like that, there's really low budgets and you're having to see a lot more people than you feel comfortable with. And you, you know, you are not earning a lot of money and, you know, all of the things. Yeah. And like for someone like you, because you are like this, like very big hearted person, like that sounds like you would hear that and you'd be like, oh my God, that sounds like exactly what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm going to be help. I'm going to be able to help so Mm -hmm. many people who need the most help. Like it's so, that's so exactly me. Mm -hmm. And then it's not like there's all these different caveats that make it not. Yeah. I think that it's just the, the, um, the circumstances and the context make it really hard for people to kind of give all, all that they can. And it's just like a really, 
um, important lesson in like self care and like the, mm. the, the image of like, you can't pour from an empty cup and you yeah. have to like put your oxygen mask on before helping the person next to you yeah. and things like that, because, um, it's really draining and it, it can work for a little while, but, um, it's not sustainable. Yeah. That makes yeah. a lot of sense. Um, and then I would, one of the questions here is like asking about like, what was your why? Like, why did you shift directions and you know, why are you doing this now? And like, we kind of heard about why you maybe started turning in a different direction because of feeling burnt out and all of mm-hmm. that. But if you want to talk more about like your passion about helping these people in the wedding arena and like, all, like wh- how, what is that passion like? Yeah. So, um, so, well, I always think that the story of how it started is kind of cute and funny, but, Mm -hmm. um, basically I was wedding dress shopping with, um, my sister-in-law. So my husband's sister Mm -hmm. and her mom, so my Mm mother-in-law and, um, they kind of got into a tiff at the, you know, when you, when they were trying on dresses and things like that. Um, and, um, I sort of had to like mediate in between because Mm. like being a family therapist, it's hard to turn it off sometimes when you see, uh, family members arguing with each other. And so the, the, like my mother-in-law sort of sarcastically said like, good thing we brought the therapist along with us. Mm -hmm. You should should be a bridal therapist. Mm. And there's always like, um, people like to say that kind of thing to me a lot. Like I really love dogs as you heard my eldest um, barking in the background at the beginning of this or maybe that's gonna be edited out I don't know. but um but he um so so I, so people say like you should be a dog therapist right so, like you should you like you know food you should be like a food therapist I don't know yeah. people have all kinds of like weird suggestions to marry yeah. therapy and like something else mm-hmm. but this time I was like and so I sort of shrugged it off initially and then I was like wait a second yeah <laughs> This is like a, a very specific time in life where th- where things are stressful. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a uh, you know just in the amount of stuff you have to do and the decision making and the family dynamics that play out in in the sense that it's a big life transition mm-hmm. and just like you know buying a home or starting a family or you know any of these things. So it's it's stressful in that way. And we have a lot of you know, specialized therapy for maybe postpartum or college counseling mm-hmm. or, you know, divorce or things like that. But, um, I was like, is there anything for weddings? And I mm-hmm. did some research. I did a lot of research when I got home and it turns out that it was really limited, like a handful of people, maybe throughout the last 10 years in various parts of the country. Mm-hmm. Um, but not in like a really kind of focused way. It was kind of like, I also work with a lot of brides sometimes or right. you know, things like that. So, I think that that was just really motivating. And I, and I think that I just saw it like coming together and I was like, this just is like a blend of so many things that already exist. It just felt really natural and it got me very excited. And I think that that was like kind of what I had been lacking in the last year was like that spark. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that I felt that again. And that was really special to me because you obviously don't go into this profession like many, you know, many helping professions or maybe like many like pe- people oriented professions, without like having some sort of like spark and passion like right I contrast myself to my husband all the time he mm-hmm. does not get up for work for that same reason right. he's motivated by other factors um in the line of work that he's in but um but like for me I need that and so yeah. I was like reconnected with that again and that just felt really really special and good that's important and what about like so you did your research and you got sparked and you had all this excitement and then when it came to like executing 
like did you feel any sort of like fear or like the risk that was involved like how did you manage that oh my god it's been like a year and a half of like a roller coaster of emotions. Yeah. And what my therapist tells me along <laughs> the way is that as an like as an entrepreneur and I don't know if there's any entrepreneurs listening to this mm-hmm. um there that there is a a big practice in kind of like um un- decoupling yourself from your business. Mm. And because it's very easy for us to take any sort of defeat or anything as like a personal right. offense. Um, and, um, because it is our, we put so much of our personality and our thoughts and feelings and emotions into it. So then when we have something like that, it just feels, um, it just feels like it's hitting at, at our, ourself as a person versus yeah. if you're working for somebody else and you're working at a company, like if something goes wrong, you're like, well, whatever, like let's go to happy hour, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and That's so true. And it's just like when it's yours and it's your baby, you take everything really, really personally. And it feels like you're being rejected, not like your idea or your business or your service or whatever Mm -hmm. it is. Um, So that's kind of been like an overarching theme. Okay. That's very helpful advice. Um, Yeah. And I I think that just like the ways in which that plays out is like um, anything from like – you know, having like, cause I usually like start with like a client, like consultation or like, mm-hmm. um, exploration, like call or whatever people call it different things. Um, and so if that doesn't work out, you know, mm-hmm. like I, you know, it's hard not to take that personally, or I really did that in the beginning. Or right. if somebody comes in, you know, I don't offer packages. It's like very much a la carte as mm-hmm. most therapists do. So if somebody doesn't come back for, you know, after like a couple of sessions, that's really hard to deal with. Mm-hmm. Um, then like anything, like I've tried to, I, um, I planned an event and like that event involved like partnering with other, you know, companies and, and people like that. And I've never done event planning before. So (laughs) I had to reach out to a lot of people to see if they wanted to get involved. And when they would say like, you know, it's not the right time or like, we can't do that. That would feel really hard. Yeah. Um, so it's like that, that part of it. Um, but then there's also like, for me personally, like the timing it took to like leave like a full-time job and I went part-time at first and then to leave that completely. And like, those are all like really scary, have been really scary things Mm -hmm. just from a security standpoint, but also the nature of my work. I'm very personally connected to people that I was leaving. So like, that's been, those have been some big like hurdles in the journey. Okay. It sounds like you're coping well with them or managing them well. It's important that you also have a therapist. I think people forget that or like people don't, that's not like not common knowledge, but like therapists are required, I think, to have therapists, right? In your early training, in your early training, um, some programs require it, some like strongly, strongly recommend it. I Mm -hmm. actually applied to a job one time in a a group practice where they they asked me if I was in my own therapy Mm. um, and it seemed like it was sort of a requisite for working there. Um, uh, It's not required ongoing. Mm -hmm. Like once you have your your licensure, for me, it feels like a requirement. (laughs) Um, And it was really interesting because I started working with somebody new um, like last year and I, I specifically sought out somebody who, like, works with entrepreneurs, okay. um, which is, like, for anybody who's ever, like, in the market for a therapist, like, mm-hmm. you might not know that, like, there are these different specialties and, like, you're encouraged to, like, find something that kind of um, works with you and who you're working with. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not so much of the, like, old school camp of working with the same therapist for 
for working with any therapist for, you know, decades. I feel like I work with people for a couple of years, depending on what's going on for me and what's Mm -hmm. top of mind. And, um, and my, my current therapist is like, you know, is really helping me with what's going on right now. That's important. Yeah. Um, I guess the next thing I wanted to discuss is because this is something that obviously I'm very interested in. It's what I write about and talk about all the time Mm -hmm. is about like the pressure we feel like when we, one, when we show up online with whatever it is that we're birthing into the world, whatever our project Mm -hmm. is. And then like when we're consuming other people doing that Mm -hmm. stuff too, like Mm -hmm. what has been your experience like with feeling pressure to like show what you're doing in a certain way or like being better that you're not doing enough. And like, what has that experience been like with starting a business? Yeah. I can't believe I didn't start with that because actually that's (laughs) one of the hardest things for me. Um, it's hard for a number of reasons because I like, I went to school to be a therapist. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I have no idea what I'm doing online. Yeah. Um, aside from just like, living my millennial life and like (laughs) all that comes with that and kind of just inherently knowing that versus like maybe some of my colleagues who are like trying to get on Instagram for their business and they're like 50 and like don't have that inherent knowledge so right right right. (laughs) so but other apart from that like it's really hard for me to kind of figure out um what my what my business is supposed to be online um I have like devoted a bit of time and fine financial investment to figuring that out. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but it's also like, I, it's really hard as like a solo, solo preneur. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, like whatever. That's a yeah. word that I read all the time that I yeah. can say. Um, because like, how do you, how do you like, um, decide how much time and energy you have and what you want to focus it on. So like I could be taking like more classes as it applies to like social media and how to Mm -hmm. do that. But like, I'd rather like hone some of my clinical skills and, you know, things like that because that, and then also focus on the things that are like driving revenue and things like that. And I don't think in my space, like, uh, social media really does that in a direct way. Mm -hmm. I've had it be helpful a little bit, but um, not so much, but anyways, so, um, so there is a lot of pressure because my feeling is that everybody knows how to do it and I don't, and I don't really feel, (laughs) I don't really feel like I have time to like further my knowledge in Mm -hmm. it or energy or resources to further my knowledge Mm -hmm. in it. Um, but I try to like still show up because I was working with a business coach who told me that like social media can also just be social proof that you exist Mm, that mm -hmm. if somebody wants to like google google you or search you on instagram that that you exist and that you're like kind of current and like kind of whatever so at this point like that's what it serves for me um and it's not perspective yeah it's not like this act active thing that i have to engage Mm -hmm. in every day it's like if somebody wanted to see like what sort of my like brand is my yeah. like my mood my vibe like yeah. they would get a, a sense of that but like they're not going to see me every day yeah you know that sort of thing because that's, that's not my work yeah um but having said that just as like a specific thing to therapy I like I know everybody is figuring out what kind of content to put out mm-hmm. and that's always like the game is like but like it's I can't take pictures of my clients and I right. can't take pictures of our sessions and I like so it's yeah it's like as a therapist showing up like on social media I'm like part of a lot of groups where this is a discussion yeah. and it's kind of hard 
um, to figure out like what you want to kind of put out there to represent you. In That's that way. true. Cause you also don't want to like share too much of yourself. Cause I would imagine like, cause I, you know, I've seen my share of therapists yes. and like, I can't, it might be weird to like see them doing their thing and living their life online while you're like working with them. Like you kind of want to keep them separate. 100%. And that's like part of our like training is that like the therapy space is like for you entirely. It's like this really unique space where like you get, you know, 50 minutes a week to like, just uh, like, just be yourself and not have to like share with anyone else. Right. And the more that you know about me, whether it's what I'm sharing in the room or like, mm-hmm. if you follow me on Instagram, like that gets, that gets into our space. Yeah. And therefore, like, if you know that I have kids and like, you're having trouble, have like, if you're having trouble, right. like getting pregnant, like you might not, you might cut that part out of our sessions right. because of what you know about me. Um, and some things we can't, you know, turn off, right? Like mm-hmm. I wear an, a wedding ring to work and, right. and whatever, but, 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 you know, we want to kind of minimize that. So like, yeah. I can't showcase what's going on in session and I can't really showcase my personal right. life. And so it's like trying to find like, what can I put out there that yeah. is representative of what's going on? Well, as a consumer of your content, <laughs> I think you're doing a really good job at that. I mean, I'm a bit, like, I would not think that you struggle with it even like it's oh. it seems so natural because I hear you you know and it makes sense that you don't that you would say you don't know what you're doing because you didn't yeah. study it and it's not a focus of yours like mm-hmm. it might have been for me like that's something that was part yeah. of my career it was social media and marketing and stuff exactly but for you it, it does seem like you're doing it naturally and the, the content that you're doing is um it has your personality in it like it's branded with your personality but it is generic enough like when Mm -hmm. you look at your content that what you're saying is coming across like I it's interesting to hear the back end of that yeah (laughs) I mean I appreciate you saying that because it's like it's very funny that I didn't lead with that because that is like an ongoing sort of like struggle and like complicated relationship yeah and I really like the mindset of like social media being social proof because that's like a shift I've been making recently Mm because obviously I've been like on and off with social media and like Mm -hmm. figuring out how to make it a safe space for myself and Mm -hmm. lately I've been feeling a lot better about it whereas like for a time like the past you know year where I've been like writing this book and trying to get it published I've been like I've had all this pressure to like gain followers and get a bigger platform because nobody no publisher was going to pay attention to me without that Mm -hmm. so there was all this pressure to produce content and it was Mm -hmm. like really gross feeling and I didn't like it Mm -hmm. and then I kind of just like cut that off and I was like you know what I can't I'm not using social media for that anymore like mm-hmm. I'm just gonna use it for what makes me like how it feels good for me which is just to share for the mm-hmm. purpose of like maybe connecting to another person mm-hmm. who can relate to that story and just focus on that and it's been feeling so much better and honestly I've been like gaining steadily followers doing mm-hmm. that without trying and like that mindset my mindset shift yeah really helps like just in every area of life when you like stop pushing and forcing and just like letting go of that things do end up happening absolutely absolutely I think it's like that that always sort of ends up happening when you like it you know stop stop moving and stop forcing it and like the the thing that is supposed to find us will find us yeah I've yeah I I think there's like a lot to that yeah um so another question I think is interesting is what so there's people that consume your content and see you online and see Mm -hmm. you like doing your articles and like all the stuff that you're doing. Mm -hmm. And it's, 
seemingly like popping up out of nowhere like oh my god she's so successful like what's one discrepancy between like what you share online and what like your daily life might look like that people who are consuming your content might not know about so like yeah the verses the contrast between like the glamour of starting (laughs) your own wedding therapy business and Mm -hmm. what's really going on behind the scenes um well, it's sort of just hard to answer that question because I can't see the glamour. So like, yeah, it's already it's hard true. to like see it as that. But um, yeah. so because I feel like I only see like the other side. not the messy side. Yeah. Um, so but perhaps if I'm to like put myself in the shoes of somebody on the outside, I might right. say um, they are not seeing like how many times I've like totally cried and like gotten (laughs) insecure about myself and said like, what am I doing? Why don't I just go back to a nine to five job? Mm -hmm. Um, Is it too late to like throw this up in the air? Mm -hmm. Um, Real talk. I think that like it, um, I sort of like went with this like dream and this, these, all of these like happy feelings about it. Um, And you know, like, it affects your like personal life too, you know, um, just in the sense of like me and my husband have been in New York for six years and we always like thought that it would be like a temporary thing. Um, and I, but I was really unhappy at work and like he was really thriving at work. So Mm -hmm. like I needed to like, if he was really unhappy at that time, maybe we would just like packed up and left and like find some, found something else. But like, I, because he was happy I'm like trying to like figure out what makes me happy in the middle in the middle of that I found I'll talk and then two years later like he's kind of feeling stuck at work and yeah. like, maybe ready to move and like I'm like well no like I just launched this wonderful thing and like I want to see it grow yeah. and so like and you know, I work with a lot of couples too and so like this this sort of dynamic of like how does our like personal individual stuff like come into our relationship and how do we make like decisions based on that like yeah I think that like that, that is a hard thing. Like yeah. that's a very like real hard thing. Um, so, you know, that, that shows up. Um, and I, like, I, I, I'm not working today, but like I worked seven days before this yeah. in a row. Like, so I think that like it, I do try to like show up because I, I feel like I'm still building and I'm still, you know, mm-hmm. um, kind of, uh, you know, I, I feel like I still have to put in a lot, um, which is like so different than it used to look like when I would put in a lot, I didn't feel like I got a lot. Right. Right. Um, but, but I do feel like I I work a lot. Um, and I work a lot of like evenings and weekends and the times Mm -hmm. that people are like getting together and things like that. Um, so there's sacrifice involved that people maybe aren't seeing or thinking about. yeah, Yeah. Yeah. You know, so it's like, my insecurities nobody I don't really like put that on social media obviously yeah um uh and I mean I I kind of try to be real about like you know that because the nature of my work is like being real and like you know talking real talk so I try to like access that a little bit without Mm -hmm. you know getting too personal again because what we talked about before yeah um and then um and then like how it kind of like impacts like the relationship and like, you know, how we make decisions like as a family and things like that. Um, and, um, and also just like the, how much I feel like I, that I work, you know? Yeah. 
you know, and I, my, a lot of, um, I feel like entrepreneurs in 2019, um, do a lot of remote work. Um, but, um, and I do a little bit of that. Um, but I, but most of my work has to be in person. So you to like physically, yeah, yeah, it's hard. And that's still taxing. Like your other job was, but like you said, you're, you're, you're getting like replenished through the work now, as opposed to before just getting drained. Exactly. And that's like a big distinction. I think that's important for people to consider when they're like, deciding what to do like with their life like if you're it's okay to work a lot and it's okay to like show up like you're doing as long Mm -hmm. as you're you're also getting something out of it and if you're not then that's when I would think that's the point in time when you start making those decisions about change and exactly 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 that makes sense I had this a similar experience like with my nine to five like it was Mm -hmm. when I started feeling like I liked what I was doing but I wasn't like getting that feeling out of it, like feeling mm-hmm. good about it and feeling accomplished or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. And so that's when those shifts started to happen and whatever, that's my own zigzag. Yeah. Um, no, but totally. uh, another thing is when, I mean, I guess we may maybe touched on this already, but if you had something more to add, but so there's people who are looking at what you're doing mm-hmm. and they wish that they could be doing that. Or they, they're, like, envious, like, because that's something mm-hmm. that comes up when we're online. We're mm-hmm. envious of the people who are ahead of us. And I think about mm-hmm. this all the time because, like, there, there's no, like, linear thing. Like, it's not like mm-hmm. she's in front of me, they're behind me. Like, we're yeah. all, like, on this big spectrum in space and time and nobody is ahead of anybody. And But <laughs> yeah. in our, all of our heads, especially with the way things are presented online, like, there's this clear, like, you have more than me you're doing more than me. So therefore you're better and in front of me. Mm -hmm. And there's other people who maybe have less than me and aren't where I'm at yet. So they're behind me. Mm -hmm. And obviously that's not true, but that's kind of how we all feel. So Mm -hmm. for the people who maybe feel like they're quote unquote behind you, Mm -hmm. what would you maybe want to tell that person? Like something that they can maybe be remembering or considering as they're maybe feeling not so great consuming content online. Yeah, I think that like, it's so like, you talk about this a lot in in your content, and mm-hmm. it shows up a lot in my and like my therapy sessions mm. um, with like, cl- just clients who aren't getting married and okay. clients who are getting married, like, because the clients who are getting married are consuming even more sort of like curated content right. than like maybe the average bear. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so like the highlight reel, right? Like, yeah. Like social media and like what we put online is, is a highlight reel. Mm-hmm. And like the other example that I like to use all the time is like back in the day, like you used to get somebody's high highlight reel, like perhaps once a year when you got a Christmas card yeah. and it just like outlines like all like mm-hmm. all the things like so-and-so's in such and such grade and he's doing really well at soccer and like <laughs> so-and-so is like uh, you know made the honor roll and like whatever like Mike started a new job and like I'm like you know whatever went to you know went on a work trip you mm-hmm. know like you got that once a year and like that's really digestible and you can yeah. feel really good about somebody but when you're getting that like on a 24 7 loop from everyone you know and have ever met in your whole life and even some people you haven't met, yeah um it's really hard to put that into perspective yeah. um so like I like to say like the 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 highlight reel like the 24 7 Christmas card yeah. like it's it's a lot and it's like it's curated and it's you're you're only getting the good stuff Mm -hmm. um and like the other thing that comes up in therapy a lot is like 
I, I operate from like therapeutic principles about like how we think about something influences how we feel about something and then influences how we do. Right. Right. And so like one of the things that kind of get in the way of like seeing, um, seeing things as they are and not like how we perceive mm-hmm. them is like what we call a mental filter. So okay. like, like I was describing how I do all the time. is like, I only see the bad things about, you know, or the hard things about business. Right. And, like I don't realize that like there's people who are like, you know, thinking that she looks, she look at her, like she's doing so many great yeah. things. So, um, so I think that like that mental filter, like we always kind of need to like catch that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and to compensate what I encourage the people who come into my office to do, what I try to self-talk myself to do, what my therapist tries to encourage me to do is, um, talk to yourself with yeah. a little self-compassion. hmm right? Like you would a friend Mm -hmm. or if a friend was talking to you and see the bigger, the bigger picture, because Mm -hmm. where I'm not, you know, figuring it out in my life, like I'm not posting that, but you know what you're not figuring out in your life. Right. So I think that it's just like, I just think of like context and perspective and like big picture and like self-compassion and like speaking to yourself in a kind way. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I'm saying speaking to yourself cause that was like how the question was posed, but right. like, I, I am like trying always yes. to like speak to myself in a compassionate way. Like when I got like a, you know, sort of nasty text mm-hmm. on Thursday and like, not that I'm still thinking about that, <laughs> but like, you know, like I was sort of like sitting there being like, like it's okay. Yeah. Like, you know, like you did all you could, you know, and you're doing the best that you can. And like, but from the other perspective, we say, like, is there anything of value here that I can sort of, like, because right. our feelings are clues to, like, what, you know, motivates us and what is important to us and what our value mm-hmm. system is, right? So, like, if we're feeling a little bit of jealousy, how can we be observant mm-hmm. and curious about that jealousy? Um not let it sort of like steer the show and like write the whole story. But right. like, could we say like, well, what is it that I am jealous of? Right. Break that down and say, well, oh, I, you know, I, I actually wish that I liked my job more, Yeah, <laughs> you know, or like, what is it that I'm perceiving in this person that I can use as information about myself to like work towards something that might, you know, align with my values more than where I'm at in this moment in mm-hmm. my life. So there's like, there's also information and like jealousy doesn't have to be like this devil. It could be something that we're curious about mm-hmm. and something that informs like how we make decisions. I think. I love that. That's so true. I've heard a quote somewhere recently. I think Brene Brown was on Russell Brand's podcast. I want to say mm-hmm. I'll fact check that if I have to, but she said <laughs> some, there was some quote that was like, follow your envy because like, that's where like, I don't know what it was. You can like learn something from it. Like what you were saying, like when, like if you like, and I've been trying to do that myself. Like when I see people who are getting what I want, I guess, Mm -hmm, like whatever mm -hmm. it is, I'm Mm -hmm. like, okay, like what am I desiring from that image or whatever it is that I'm looking at? I'm starting to feel envious. Like what about that? Is it that I want? Why do I Mm -hmm. want that? Like, Mm -hmm. and just unpacking it myself. And like what you're saying about just being a good support system for yourself. Like we don't think about that. We think about like finding a village and finding a support system, which is obviously important and valuable, but we don't remember that like we are part of that, our village for ourselves and we have to take care of ourselves so we can show up for ourselves. And 
I think that's yeah. an important message. Absolutely. Or reach or like, it's like starting with yourself and then saying like, well, what, what else do I have in like my little, my little community, my little web of support, mm-hmm. my support web, but like whether that's like a partner or a family member or friends or a community or a distraction or yeah. an exercise or whatever it is, like just, you know, kind of like taking care of ourselves starting from here, but then mm-hmm. also like incorporating the web. That makes a lot of sense. I was going to say something else, but I, I might edit it out because it's not maybe relevant and I don't want to like be talking about my stuff. But when you mentioned the Christmas card, it was so funny because I wrote a whole thing in the book about that. Like I wrote a whole thing about how the social media is the, is the Christmas card and how we used to just mm-hmm. get the Christmas card once a year. And I had this whole idea like a few months ago where I was going to like bring back the Christmas card and that was going to be like what my content was. And like once a month I would send out like a newsletter that people could sign up for and like I would encourage people to do the same thing and like kind of just shift social media to go in that direction where we're just like showing the top points once a month like here it all is Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. and get it done and how we also like back in the day during the Christmas card Mm -hmm. era we Mm -hmm. used to like have maybe like a few people to be envious of right like you would go to school and you would have like the popular girl which apparently was me in ninth grade (laughs) you would see like the one popular girl you'd see that one mom who was like always dressed perfectly to drop off her kid at school and you'd be like oh man I want to be her and then you could like go off about your day and do whatever else you wanted but you're like you know every popular girl now like you know every popular girl what she's doing and she's making herself even look more popular and more better like more beautiful and everything else and that is sick like it's making us have such a warped sense of reality Right. Like we, like, there's so many layers of that. I love that point. Yeah. It's like that the popular girl, first of all, we only went to one school or mm-hmm. like maybe we switched schools, but like, whatever, we only like had to deal with like the one sort of set of it. Yeah. And that's like, again, manageable. Like we have to go through that, like whatever, that's like how we, you know, come of age. Yes. Yeah. But 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 first of all, now we have so many of them. Mm-hmm. We have like all the influencers are all of the popular mm-hmm. girls, and like we're trying to keep up with so many Joneses. Yeah. They're just like exponentially like creating like out of thin air. Yeah. But then, like, the other part is, like, from a developmental perspective, like, it kind of keeps us, like, stuck in that, like, high school place, which, like, we're supposed to kind of, like, leave that behind and, like, find, but, like, because, like, it's just flooding us and flooding us and flooding us and for our generation, like, it didn't, we sort of just, like, started this, like, maybe when we were in our, like, teens and sort of carried it through, like, up until our 30s, Mm -hmm. like, you know, we, we have kind of, like, carried over, um the the popular girl like the feelings of that um and now like we have access on a global scale and it's just it can feel like it's totally oppressive yeah I wonder if that has something to do with the fact that like you know with everybody who's like trolling on the internet and putting the nasty comments in Facebook and fighting with each other online like it is so high school like that's what it's like Mm -hmm. you're a child and like maybe we just haven't developmentally matured like we're all stuck because of this system that we're in like we can't help it everyone just just acts that way because they're like triggered by the popular girl they're triggered by the jock or whatever it is Mm -hmm. so they flash out but nobody has got like past that point in time and learned how to like be compassionate adults and like work with each other Mm -hmm. and Mm mm-hmm I want that. I think that you have the contact for the next book now. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. Volume two. That's all I want. Like, that's all I want. Mm-hmm. I, it's scary to raise kids in a world like this, but I I'm hopeful. Even imagine. I'm hopeful. Yeah. 
Um, so one of my last questions before we wrap up is if mm-hmm. you want to say who your favorite person or if it's people, but your favorite person to follow online and why, like if there's some person per- producing content that you like and, and what that looks like. So give us some perspective. Um, yeah, well, okay. So for, um, my sort of like thing that just like makes me happy mm-hmm. all the time, um, is any of the boys on Queer Eye. Um, I like particularly Jonathan because he just genuinely makes me happy and I listen to his podcast and he also is very, very real and like does the real talk all the time. And it, it just like, whether he's like real or like being fabulous, and that's also real, I yeah. think, for him. Um, it just makes me happy. And I never feel like a pang of, like, you know, jealousy or, like, anything. It cool. just – I was listening to his podcast the other day, walking down the street, and I'm just, like, cracking up <laughs> in my headphones, like, on Fifth Avenue. That's perfect. Like, everybody was like, oh, this lady needs some help. Um, so I love I love anything that those boys put out. Um, and then um, – and then I follow like a couple of great accounts, um, like around like body positivity, um, and, mm-hmm. um, things like that. I, I, now I feel bad cause I like, can't think of their handles offhand, but I'll send them to you. Okay. Um, and I think there's show notes to this podcast thing. So I can awesome. do that. I'm going to be in show notes. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, so there's like, and some like things in like the mental health space that I okay. like, um, I, I'm a part of like this, um, therapist matchmaking community in oh, New cool. York, um, that I hope one day is like a national thing because it's so, it's so great. And I just wholly believe in it. And they have like really great content that just makes me really happy. Um, and is very sort of empowering. Um, and then like also obviously anything that Lauren puts out no, I'm not kind of happy else, but that's so nice Thank what you. were you gonna say I thought you were gonna say anything that had to do with like dogs oh <laughs> yes I'm a real sucker for dog content I, but I appreciate the call the shout out thank you yes but when you were saying that thing about the matchmaking like I was just thinking like damn like New York has like I'm that's something I'm envious of like when I see people mm. online when I see people in New York and I see people in LA especially like in the writing space in general, mm-hmm. but like just in, in, at all, like people, they, I just feel like there's so much more opportunity in those two places that I'm not getting to access. And that's not true. Like there's ways that I can mm-hmm. get done what I need to get done, mm-hmm. but there's like all these events and like conferences and like things. And it's just all at your fingertips. And I always look at it and I'm like, damn, like I wish I could have that. <laughs> Well, just to like put things into perspective, because um, I feel like that's the theme that's of today. The theme, yeah. <laughs> um, I I do agree with that. I mean, I can't speak for LA, but I right. feel like there is like a lot of opportunity in New York. Mm-hmm. But then that's something that in turn like sort of scares the shit mm-hmm. out of me. Like mm-hmm. thinking about like because lots, you know, as we were having that conversation of like where do we end up and where do right. we like make our life and like things like that. Um, whether it's New York or elsewhere, um, everybody's like, well, you could just start, you started it there. Like you could just start it again. And I tend to like have like a big jolt of like fear and anxiety. That's like, I don't know if I, I don't know if I have the energy to start something new and I don't know if I could do it without like some of the specific, the resources that I feel like the community that I feel like I have here. So there is, you know, uh, a flip flop and a yin and a (laughs) to everything that we can look at, but, but I, yeah, no, there is in the ASAP for that um all right so 
that's I don't I will say that this went way better than I was expecting I feel like Yay! it flowed really really well and I we both it. did a pretty good job for being complete novices virgins at this podcast thing I'm so glad that we were virgins together <laughs> our first time together <laughs> that just like sounded so really <laughs> really bonding I feel really connected to feel you so close to you right now <laughs> <laughs> um, but um I would like you to close with telling us like what you want to promote again, like just to remind everybody, like how we can reach you, find you, connect with you, hire you. <laughs> what are your handles? Where are you? And kind of shout that out. Oh, yes. I feel like this is a real podcast. Um, <laughs> okay. I, so you can follow I'll talk as again, social proof. You're not going to get daily content right. uh, at a I'll talk mm-hmm. a I S L E mm-hmm. talk T A L K. Um, you can, um, there's an I'll talk website that you are welcome to check out. Um, and that's I'll dash talk, dot com. And, um, and I, you know, I do remote coaching for brides all over the country. Um, so if you're not New York based, um, then you can, if you're in need of support while you're getting married, um, I'd love to see if I can offer that to you. Mm -hmm. Um, so you can um, message me through the site, um, which kind of drops right into my inbox, um, or, um, or I can slide into my DMS. Um, (laughs) you know, I'm there, I'm a one woman show. So I am at the end of all of those receptacles. So I would love to hear from you or connect with you or, um, work with you or do any of those things. So, yeah. Cool. Thanks Lauren. Thanks Landis. What are you doing now? Um, it's a kind of a slow day. Um, I Mm -hmm. might try to exercise. And clean mm. my apartment like where you are. Um, I so this is a the I well this class pass they they have that in South Florida. Okay, so yes. I am a I'm a yes. member of that um, because I think okay. it jives with my kind of crazy schedule and I get to just pick something mm-hmm. that I'm close to. So I'm a fan of like a spinning or a bar class or like a, a Barry's okay. boot camp. Those are like the three I have on mm. rotation. So we'll see nice. if I can motivate. It might just be like cleaning in my apartment and then having dinner with my uncles later. <laughs> oh, that sounds like a nice, nice yeah. day. A nice. The rest, rest of, of the, the week, day. I'll be working like twelve-hour days. So, <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. I'm so grateful that you had this. What like, like right when I needed you to have I a know. job because <laughs> like, I wanted to get this started and you were available. It's like it was perfect. perfect. I have to jump everything on aligned. And I was so nervous. Like. I'm telling, I was so nervous all morning. I was like, last night, like I couldn't sleep. I was like, oh my God, like, what am I going to do? I'm going to record these podcasts. I'm like, no one's going to listen to them. And I was like getting so nervous. And I was just like, you know what? It's Landis. Like I can talk to Landis for as long as I want and whatever, like it doesn't matter. Like at least I get to talk to Landis. Like that's still a win in my book. Even so. if it all goes terribly wrong, at least we got to have yeah. like an hour long conversation, which when was the last time yeah. that could happen? Yeah. That's like the biggest thing about this podcast idea. I'm like, it's like the motivating factor, I guess, because I can just like put it out there and try my best and it cannot go as planned. But like, that's, this is something that I've been missing so much in my life is like getting to talk to my friends. And I am so, I, I like avoid it. Like when my friends are like, "Hey, I'm free. You want to get on the phone?" I like, I'm like, I make up an excuse. I'm like, no, I can't. I'm, I'm, I'm not. Well, like I don't know why. I do our generation that. is very phone averse. I can speak to that. Yes. And I mm-hmm. also think that the longer that you go, the harder it is to pick up because it's like 
Yeah. It goes from like what what like what's happening since last time I talked to you a few weeks ago to like what's been happening yeah. in the last seven years. So yeah. <laughs> it's a lot to fit in and you need increasingly more yeah. time. And like I have a couple of people yeah. who are sort of like on my list to catch up with over the last seven years and yeah. it's hard. Um but yeah, yeah, but I also think that um even if we have something that like didn't go well, like the first iteration, like it informs mm-hmm. the next iteration of it or whatever. So it's just like kind mm-hmm. of like taking it off the pedestal to quote a movie. Yeah. Minus. And it's just like, <laughs> and it's just like forward motion yeah. with it. Like, like the inertia of it all, just like keeping it going. And yeah, if it's not the first time, it's the second or third or fourth and as long as I have like good intentions with it, I feel I feel really good about yeah, it. So. It's gonna be. I'm just gonna keep moving forward it's with be it. Glorious. Thank you, thank you for for thinking of me as your your guinea pig. Oh my god, you were the first person. Like the idea came with oh you. Oh my god! Mind. Like it was it was together. Yeah, it was because like. Yeah. Also, the day you texted me about it, I was at coffee with somebody who has a podcast just because she moved into my office and we wanted to like. And I knew and her. you knew her. That's so crazy. That was so That's weird. So crazy. That was so weird. It, it was it was really meant to be. It was perfect. Okay. Also, this is like a silly thing, but I was in therapy that day with uh-huh. my therapist and I was telling her about mm-hmm. the idea. And then she like looked at her phone like a little like soon after we I brought it up to like uh-huh. check the time. And then like so I looked at my phone and it was like eleven eleven on <gasps> the eleventh of the month or whatever. And I was like, I always that's like a thing of mine I that I like eleven to. But I was like, okay, that's like a little sign that like we're we're doing totally, right. <laughs> totally, and we need those signs. All right. Well, I will let you go about the rest of your day in New York City, and I'll stay here in my closet <laughs> until it's <laughs> until it's time to pick up the baby. Yeah, stay in the closet um, as long as you need yeah. to. That's what I say to <laughs> a lot of people. I love it. Um, <laughs> take your take time. time. Take your time with it at your pace. <sighs> Um, I love you. Thank you so much. This was fun. Thank you. This was very fun. Give the puppies some hugs for me and Joey, and I hope I I see you soon. Give all of your whole brood hugs and kisses. All of them. I I love you. Bye. All right, perfect people. I hope you enjoyed listening to this conversation as much as I enjoyed having it. If you want to continue the conversation, you can find us on Instagram at perfect podcast. That's P-E-R-F-C-K-E-D podcast. And if you're into the show as much as I am and know other people who should be doing this thing with us, Pixar didn't happen. Make sure to screenshot this episode inside your podcast app and share it on Instagram, making sure to tag us. And if you want to take it a step further and make this relationship Facebook official, you can join our private Perfect People Facebook group where we hang out with strangers on the internet. You down? Cool. Hit subscribe, leave a review, tell your friends, and tune in next week for another conversation with a real person talking about real life in real time. Same time next week? Cool. See you then. Later.